God is good all the time. Just to let you know that next Sunday we have a guest speaker coming all the way from India. His name is Pastor Shelton Davidson. Uh, he has been the leader of one of the growing churches over there uh, in India. I remember, I think it was like 20 years back, they had over 2,000 churches in different parts of India, also in Dubai. Um, and uh, he carries that apostolic mantle and prophetic gift. Uh, so it will be a great uh, honor and privilege for us to have him here and share the word of God. So don't miss it. Whatever you're doing, cancel all your appointments and be here and call your friends as well. So that's great. So before I start, can you just uh, look at each other around you, in front of you, back of you, and just with a smile and say, hey, good to see you here this morning. It was interesting what uh, Pete and Leslie shared about their experience uh, about the conference that they attended and to see young people on fire for God, young people serving God. And I think for this nation, we need younger generations to come forward. And not only younger generation, all generations, you know, to rise up, to hear the call of God and to serve him. And uh, uh, it's interesting, as he shared, you know, I, my message is on this, answering the call of God. Amen. God is doing something here. You know, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, while it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. The word of God says, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. It is so important to hear what God is saying to us. It is so important in this, especially in this day and age, you know, where we see that there are many believers who are discouraged, disheartened, you know, even being lukewarm or cold for God and just walking away from God. And walking away from serving him. One thing important to know that God is a God who calls us. Amen. The first thing is that he calls us. He has called you to salvation. Second Thessalonians 2.14 says, He called you to salvation when we told you the good news. Now you can share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he has called you to salvation. Once you were in darkness, once you did not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, once you were far away from him, but a day came in your life that he called you to receive his salvation. And if this morning, if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
if you have not known his salvation, if you do not know him, the invitation, that call of God is still there for you, calling you. Come receive me. Come follow me. Come receive the salvation that I have for you. Hallelujah. Then when God called you, he accepted you as you are. He doesn't look at your background. He doesn't look at your status. He doesn't look at your failures. He doesn't look at who you are. But he accepts you as you are. Now when Paul was speaking, in, he was speaking in the context of there were circumcised and uncircumcised people. You know, and there was all this debate going on. And he says, each of you should remain as you were when God called you. Don't worry about all those things. Don't worry about your background. Don't worry about who you are. He accepts you as you are and he calls you. And I'm not called because I'm qualified, but I'm qualified because of the call of God. Amen? That's what the first, uh, first Corinthians 1.26 says, For you see your calling, brethren, and also sister in that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. So you see here, Paul is saying that when God calls us, he doesn't look at our educational background. He doesn't look at how much bank balance we got, how much, how much inheritance God. He just looks at you as a person because you are made in the image of God. You are his creation and he calls you. You know, God doesn't call the equipped, but he equips the called. If you think this morning, I'm not good enough. I don't have that talents or gifting and, you know, I'm nobody. Well, you're in a good place. Because when God calls you, he will equip you for his kingdom. You know, Peter, uh, Peter, he was a fisherman, but Jesus made him the fishers of men. He didn't have any qualification and experience. In fact, you know, book of Acts, uh, I think it's in 4.12, if I'm right. It says, when people saw that Peter and John, or, you know, they were uneducated, they marveled that they had been with Jesus. You're called for God's purpose. God has a purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. And Romans 8, 28 says, And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. If you love God, let me tell you this. That this morning, if you're going through any kind of trouble, any challenging situations, you know, you're finding it a big struggle. And you don't, you, you, your future looks, doesn't look good. Let me tell you this, that if you love God, 
you know, he will make all things good. It will work out good for you because you love God. Because he has a purpose for your life. Then to whom God calls, he also justifies and glorifies. Romans 8.30 says, moreover whom he predestined, that means he determined to save you, these also he called. Whom he called, these also he, he also justified, and whom he justified, these also he glorified. You know, the word justified, in the Greek, it means dekoya. You know, it means to render just or make you, or put you in a place where you're innocent, you're free, and you're made righteous. You're justified. You're made righteous, not because of all the good works you have done, but because of Jesus Christ, what he has done for you and for me on cross of Calvary 2,000 years back. It says he glorifies. It means he will put you in a place where he will honor you and he will celebrate you. Hallelujah, God wants to celebrate you. He doesn't look down upon you. He wants to celebrate you. You know, maybe you might be in that place where it might look like or feel like sometimes, you know, where people have rejected you. Maybe people have said things about you, putting you down, saying some negative words about you or against you. But let me tell you what God thinks. God thinks about you. He wants to celebrate you. He wants to put you in a place where he wants to bless you and use you for his glory. And that's why he has called you. You're called into the fellowship of Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. He wants to you know, have that fellowship with you. Sometimes, you know, we take it so casually with these words. But when you think deeply what it means to have fellowship with Jesus Christ, it is powerful. Amen? Even the time when you feel lonely. Even the time... You know, as I said last week to someone, you might have, you know, 5,000 Facebook friends, but still you can be in the place of loneliness. God says, I've called you so that you will have that fellowship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. To those who are called, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So he wants to put you in a place where he wants to work through his power and he wants to give you wisdom. That's why book of James says, those who lack wisdom, let him ask of God and he will give them liberally. If this morning you are in that place where you want to make certain decisions in your life, you are on the crossroads of your life and you don't know what to do. 
God has given you the wisdom if you ask him. He will help you to take those decisions, right decisions according to his will. And then God has called you to liberty and freedom. For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So what word of God is saying, hey, God has called you to freedom. That freedom doesn't mean that you do anything you want to do. That freedom is where you want to do God's will. And part of it is to love one another. You know, when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He said to love God, Lord thy God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and also to love your neighbor. Amen? So it says, through love, serve one another. So I am here as a pastor and leader, but foremost, I'm a servant. I'm your servant. And we are each other's servant. And that's what Jesus taught us, to be a servant when he washed the feet of his disciples. And I tell you, when we understand this, that we are not here to lord over, to boss over, or to expect always, you know, as I said, that when Jesus Christ made, you know, someone said that when Jesus Christ formed the church, he did not form it for consumers, but he formed it for disciples. Amen? So where we serve one another, God has called to inherit blessings. To inherit blessing. God wants to bless you. That's why Peter says, finally all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Amen. Having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this. Again, I'll say, you were called to this. And what is this? That you may inherit a blessing. When someone says something against you, what should be your response? Bless them. Do not hold any grudges. Do not hold any hurt in your heart. You know, when something goes wrong and someone does something to you, say something to you, come before God and say to God, Lord, here I am. I'm hurt. I'm offended. But Lord, I don't want to give this hurt and bitterness residence in my life. I give it to you. And Lord, I choose to bless this person. I choose to bless that person. Learn to do that. I'll tell you, you will be in a better place. 
And the promise of God is this. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. So when you do that, you will receive the blessings of God in your life. Hallelujah. You're called to be the children of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Amen. Can we just look at each other and say, hey, good to see you, my brother, my sister, because we all are children of God. Then it says, you were called to walk in the steps of the Lord Jesus. 1 Peter 2.21 says, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his footsteps. You know that you follow in the footsteps of Lord Jesus Christ, for that we were called. You were called into the body of Christ, that is the church Paul says to the church in Colossae, now, as you know, Paul did not plant this church, but he wrote a letter to the church. He had not visited this church, but he wrote this letter to the church in Colossae, and he says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. We need all peace. When we go through all turmoils, you know, your mind is the battleground. We are disturbed, you feel anxious, fearful. And when you have the peace of God ruling your heart, nothing of those things will affect you. And then it says, to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Once again, can you say to each other, I'm thankful that I'm in this church. That's what the word of God says. That's what the Bible says. To which you were called in one body and be thankful. So don't grumble and murmur next time. If things goes wrong in the church, I mean, there's nothing going wrong, but I'm saying in case. It says be thankful that you belong to the body of Christ. And God has called each one of you. Nobody is excluded. Each one of you are called, no matter who you are. And then he says, so let him walk. Walk in the ways of God. I'm just coming to the close. Since you're called, Stand fast, don't give up, and hold on to the word of God. Amen? The scripture says, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Then he says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called 
and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So he's saying, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. Do not lay hold on to the things of the world, the distractions of the world, but lay hold on to eternal life. What is eternal life? Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 3, this is eternal life that you may know him. That you may know him. And says, and I have confessed the good confession in my presence. You know, this is my prayer as in Ephesians 1.18. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That you may know that is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And this is my prayer for you, that God will enlighten you. God will open your heart, open your mind, open your eyes, open your ears, that you will know the hope of his calling. Each one of you are called by God. You know, and it says, walk worthy of the calling. And then it says, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, do you remember when Adam and Eve had sinned against God in the Garden of Eden? You know, God was looking for them. And he says, where are you? Where are you? As I shared to you this morning, about the calling of God over your life, what he has called you for, all those different things, all those promises. There is a calling, but the question is, where are you? The question is, where are you? Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his calling? Or have you drifted away with all the distractions that brings into your life? And this same question that God asked Adam and Eve, I believe the same question resonates even today, asking this, where are you? Where are you? When Jesus was young, and he got a bit lost. I mean, he didn't get lost, but his parents, they went on a day's journey. Just imagine going on a day's journey and finding their son is not there with them. And when they, when they came back looking for him, you know, I'm kind of paraphrasing it. It's almost the same question asked. Where were you, son? We were looking for you. What did he say? Didn't you know that I'm in my father's house? Didn't you know that I'm in my father's house for my, in my father's purpose? Can we say that like Jesus? I'm in my father's house. I'm doing my father's purpose because I'm called by God. I'm called by God. In closing, I would like to share the story of Jackie Polinja. How many of you know Jackie Polinja? Quite a few of you, yeah. 
I have been to one of her meeting many years back. And Jackie Pullinger, she was born and brought up in London. And she was born in 1944. She grew up there and then she graduated from the Royal College of Music in London. And at the age of 22, she wanted to be a missionary. So she went to different missionary organization, met different missionary leaders, and everyone rejected her because she was not qualified enough to be a missionary. Everyone rejected her. Then she met one vicar and spoke to him, and that vicar suggested to her, what you must do if you feel so strongly called by God to serve him, you know, get a, buy a cheapest ticket in the ship and go wherever Lord leads you. And she took it very seriously. And she bought the cheapest ticket, boarded a ship, and she just had $10 with her, not knowing where she will go. Though God had given her a dream about going to Hong Kong, but when she boarded that ship, she didn't know where she will end up. It is like when God called Abraham, you know, God did not tell him where to go. God just said, said to him, come out of your family, come out of your clan and go to the land where I'm taking you to. He didn't tell him where. He didn't give him the destiny or destination but told him just to go. And as he went, he saw the purpose and plan of God in his life. And Jackie Pullinger, she did that. She ended up in a few places like Hong Kong and Malaysia and all those places. Then she ended up in, uh, sorry, not Hong Kong, Thailand and Malaysia. And then she ended up in Hong Kong. And whoever that security guard or immigration fellow didn't, allow her to come in. But to cut the story short, she was miraculously let her in. He miraculously, or God miraculously let her in. And then she ended up in this place, you can see in the picture, a place called Walled City. You know, where people, it's like cramped up place, very dirty, a lot of drugs, you know, goes on there, a lot of crime goes on there. You name all the bad thing, it all goes on there. And God took her there and she helped, you know, many drug addicts and alcoholics and prostitutes to come out of their bondage, accept the Lord Jesus Christ and to follow him. And the ministry just grew. Hundreds of them, God used her to bring them out of their bondage. Because of this one woman who heard the call of God in her life, she didn't think twice where my food will come from, where my, what, what about my future. She just obeyed God's call, followed God's call with that $10 and God used her for his glory. This morning, 
I want to ask you, will you answer the call? As the music is played, let us all close our eyes before God. I have quoted this few times maybe. Leonard Ravenhill, a great man of God, he has written a lot of books. Leonard Ravenhill, he says, in the days of Elijah, there was a cry. Where is the God of Elijah? In the days of Elijah, there was a cry. Where is the God of Elijah? Today, there is a cry. Where are Elijah's of God? Where are Elijah's of God? Will you this morning respond to the call of God? As Peter said, Peter and Leslie said about young people responding to the call of God, on fire for God. Will you this morning say yes to him? Maybe there are some of you, you had the call in your life, but life just went on, things happened, and it just went in the back shelf of your life. You almost forgot about it. Today God is calling you, reminding you of that call. Will you respond to him?